Welcome to Black Feathers Podcast, a true and honest conversation about disabilities for all. I am your host, Dr. Crystal Hernandez from the Cherokee Nation. And I am Shauna Humphreys from Choctaw Nation. Dear Native youth, it is you that will heal our tired hearts, you that will take our stories, customs, and beliefs and bring them forward. It is you that will weave a future from our past, our tears, our songs, and our dreams. You will take paths newly created by walking with the strength of our ancestors beside you. You will forge forward into spaces and places once blocked or forbidden. You will take the hopes of all our generations before us and ignite a fire within you bright enough to shine and show the way for the next generation of our people. You, our native youth, are unstoppable. Finds Their Way Communities for Youth Transition Developed in collaboration with support from nearly 30 tribal, state, and community partners, this federally funded project will help Native American youth with intellectual and developmental disabilities gain access to competitive and inclusive employment. The project will leverage the expertise of individuals representing advocacy organizations, tribal special education and rehabilitation services, and state agencies to help youth find inclusive employment. It is funded by the United States Department of Health and Human Services Administration for Community Living. Welcome to Black Feathers Podcast. Today we have with us Joshua Drywater. Joshua is the Program Manager for Native Initiatives at the University of Arizona Sonoran Center of Excellence and Disabilities. Thank you, Joshua, for joining us. Thank you for having me, CO Nagata, Kaji Stage, Dawadoa, Ji Jalagi, Tucson Janela, Daliqua Awatasa, Utan Judelquasti, Dagi Lastane. Hello, everyone. Fantastic. So Joshua, would you like to tell us a little bit about the program? I know I read that you run a program called Finds Their Way. Can you tell us a little bit about that and the impact that you're seeing? Sure. So uh, as mentioned, I work at the University of Arizona, specifically within the Sonoran Center for Excellence and Disabilities. Uh, I'm the program manager for Native Initiatives. Um, So there's several different programs that we have operating within the tribal communities and the urban areas in Arizona. But specifically today, I know we wanted to touch base on Finds Their Way, which is um, one of our programs that's geared towards peer mentorship for um, Native youth. And really the the goal of Finds Their Way project is to increase that presence and the skill development, knowledge, and services, and really supports that are happening for Native youth with disabilities um, within Arizona as a whole. So, um, you know, we've partnered with uh, several tribes, and we hope within the next few years that we're able to uh, continue that forward and work with all 22 tribes in Arizona, um, plus the uh, urban Native population as well. Um, So each uh, pilot site that we work at within Finds Their Way, is, it's kind of unique in that uh, not every situation really is uh, the same. Um, you know, oftentimes you, you may hear that 
hear of uh, disparities in Indian country, but there are really some great, amazing programs that are happening that the, the tribes are spearheading and working to really serve their their citizens. So uh, what we really do uh, at the Sonaran Center with Finds Their Way is we work to kind of develop a uh, landscape analysis of the Arizona as a whole, as a state, but more specifically the, at the regional and community local levels. Uh, for instance, we have a cross-cultural collaborative that consists of uh, 28 members of different organizations throughout the state that include uh, tribal nations, uh, states, uh, community organizations, and and really our, our youth partners, our peer mentors. Um, and, you know, there, there are certain, I would say, um, issues that um, are kind of uh, the same throughout Indian country, but really what we look to do is to help identify those barriers and see if we can work with these different partnerships to kind of uh, uh, eliminate and smooth the transition for Native youth as they uh, transition from, you know, school age to full-time integrated employment. So you talk about the 28 members. How has your experience been looking at that that collaboration? And you mentioned some barriers. Can you talk a little bit more about the process of, of coming together across different, maybe tribal nations, tri- you know, different government, or just different um, individual organizations? Sure. Uh, so I've, I've heard it said about uh, Arizona specifically several times that there's not necessarily a rack, lack of resources as much as there is, um, you know, um, some smoothing of communication that happens. So within the collaboration, what we really work to do is bring all of the resources that are available for Native youth, uh, specifically Native youth with disabilities. And we have those conversations via the like quarterly meetings and collaboration to really find out where subtle issues are and then work together to resolve those issues. So do you find that having those conversations has been um, rewarding, difficult, or do you think that they've been pretty well received because everyone's kind of aiming towards the similar goals? Yeah, you know, I I would say definitely working in in the field that we, you know, that myself and other individuals work in when it comes to uh, human services or nonprofit organizations and things like that, that really they get into it to help people and to do good. So, um, you know, I think that there really hasn't been any issues as far as, um, you know, resistance to figuring situations out. I think it's just a matter of, um, you know, going to the table and talking it through and, and we're able to do that closely with our collaborative and kind of uh, resolve some of the issues, you know, and as I said, really, as we work at the local level with individual pilot sites, um, you really get the, these integrated resource teams down at a local level that can all work together for the benefit of the specific Native youth that is looking for those resources and services. Fantastic. So I read that your um, year one 
goal is really focused on creating best practices within the Find Your Way program. Can you share a little bit about your progress thus far, kind of some insights into what those best practices are starting to look like um, and anything else that that is really centered around best practices in year one? Sure. So uh, as you mentioned, year one was really uh, geared towards developing that um, bird's eye level, that state level uh, view of the landscape analysis and really what was going on within the state and who were the the key partners and organizations because you know if you think as a someone in the social services and you learn about a new program chances are that if you're learning about that new program your client or individual that you're working with uh, hasn't heard of that so I think you know the the best practices carry on to kind of what I've said is like getting together and really getting in a room and maximizing the amount of resources that are available to uh, Native youth. Um, some other things that we've found within the landscape analysis itself is, uh, you know, self-advocacy that uh, youth leaders, it's they, when we interview the youth, they express challenges, you know, that are happening within the state, whether it be because of rural or tribal serving public schools may have more challenges, but the youth with disabilities job at at time after time jobs seems to be their main priority. They, they want to go to work. So, um, a lot of the times we're seeing uh, within, because we work with Diverse Ability Incorporated, and one of our peer mentors, Anya Carrillo, uh, she's really finding out and working with the youth that we work with that they want to find a way to build the leadership skills within themselves. And I think a lot of times that's, you know, building that self-determination and that self-advocacy has really helped uh, as far as not necessarily from the organizational level as we look to help eliminate barriers, but with the Native youth and their, um, you know, their journey themselves specifically. So I just had a question, and I know we should have probably started with this. I'm curious. I saw some of the previous work that you had um, done specifically related to veterans and some veteran work in, uh, with the Cherokee Nation. So what called you specifically to this role in um, working in this particular field? Yeah, so within this field specifically, um, you know, as I mentioned before, it really uh, you you go into it because you want to help individuals, and I I think that uh, you know as you mentioned with my uh, you know being a veteran myself when I came back I knew that I wanted to uh, help the native population and I wanted to help increase uh, you know the the amount of resources and success. Uh, so, you know, as you mentioned, I, I did work within my uh, tribal government for a while. And then when this position opened up, it was an opportunity for me to um, look at the bigger picture as far as helping um, all Native people and really uh, bringing some of the resources that 
that I've seen within my own tribal nation and seeing if there's ways to bring those resources in to help um, other tribes throughout the country. So being in Arizona now, um, it's such a shift from Oklahoma. What have you seen and heard within the communities there? How has that uh, been similar or different? You know, uh, you'll, you'll hear all the time that every tribal nation is unique, and that is 100% the truth. Uh, when, you know, and, and I kind of knew that going in when I uh, started working with my executive director, um, and uh, she kind of went over uh, what was being asked. You know, one of the things that I said, you know, is, you know, even though I'm a tribal citizen myself, I'm not a tribal citizen of Arizona. So there will be kind of that that learning period. But as far as going into the different tribal communities within Arizona, I've had nothing but great things uh, to say that everybody's been extremely welcoming. You know, I, I take an approach that I don't know the answers, that I'm here to learn as much as I am here to provide input. So so oftentimes the conversation necessarily isn't about uh, coming in and, and fixing something. It's just how can we highlight the great things that the individual tribes are doing, uh, highlight them, but also bring in resources to help support it to where uh, they have the ability to function more successfully or more streamlined. Absolutely agree. And I, I know Shauna was agreeing with you too, that there's so many differences. And a lot of times, you know, when we're called into projects or we're put on meetings or coalitions or, or, or committees and, and, you know, they expand beyond maybe our tribes, it's oftentimes lost that we're all similar in some ways, but different in others. And I, I love that you said that because I, I want people to understand that there's significant differences, but there's also significant similarities. And no matter what, there's such strength when we come together in meaningful ways and figure out the great things that each one is doing and really lean together on filling those voids or those gaps. Um, but also, I love the fact that you're talking about asserting, you know, your own, their own power, their own ownness, right, in the space. And I think that's fabulous. You know, and, and I'll say again, one thing, you know, in, in my line of work that I've noticed is there's always, um, you, you hear about statistics that aren't good. And I, I will say that there are statistics out there that are not good. But I think a lot of times those disparities overshadow really the amazing things with, you know, uh, commitment and resilience that Native tribes are doing for their citizens, you know, and um, I like being able to see where I can help bring in resources to make these projects more streamlined or, um, you know, flow easier. But, you know, I, without specifically naming any tribes, every single uh, tribal nation that I visited in Arizona has operations and specific projects that they are that is geared towards a their culture b uh their uniqueness and c really what the issues are happening within their own community they're they're out there addressing them so um they're the you know to 
continue on with that and go back to the mention of best practices, really what we're finding out is best practices are, are happening. Um, and not only am I able or is finds their way able to come in and work with the native youth and, and kind of build upon their plan for their future, but at the same time, we're able to identify strengths that are happening so that we can share those within other, or, you know, with other tribal nations. So it really is, it's, it's a, and then it all goes back to the, the cultural collaborative that I spoke of, you know, that we have individuals that are working within the tribal nation, within the state government, uh, nonprofits, and, you know, our youth partners, and everybody's really coming together and looking to uh, really maximize those resources. And uh, it, it's been really great. It, it's It's been a, you know, I, I've had a great time meeting everybody. And like I said, there really hasn't been uh, any negative um, push either which way when it comes to me, you know, coming in, because I think really, uh, like you mentioned, it's, it's um, several native uh, nations and native individuals coming together for the universal good. So it, it's been great. Absolutely. So talk, talking really quickly about um, the youth and the significance of the youth, and we've heard that on a couple other episodes where, you know, really looking at the power that our youth have, the opportunities that our youth have, which are really unprecedented, right? It's never been a time when our voices actually were listened to or heard or even allowed in different places and spaces. And so I think it's it's pretty substantial that you're working with youth in such a meaningful way. So I was curious, when you're working with the youth so far, what has been the overall kind of feeling or or theme or just kind of what are the, some key things that you have really taken back? Sure. Uh, you know, immediately the first thing that comes to mind uh, is youth are, our youth especially our native youth, our leaders now, and they'll be the leaders in the future. So um, really the self-advocacy, the self-determination and building up, um, really putting uh, the native youth's uh, goals into their mind and where they see themselves and helping them navigate that as they move forward has really been um the main success that we've had. As I mentioned, I have uh, peer mentors, uh, you know, that are part of the Native community that work with the Native youth as well. But uh, Anya Carrillo, um, you know, she's said, you know, a lot of the times you may see that um, youth want to make sure that they're being respectful of their elders um, while at the same time um, also having that uh, autonomy of, you know, being their own individual. So that's, I would say that's really a theme that we work with a lot because, um, you know, the as you mentioned before, there's a lot of uniqueness in each Native community, but uh, one thing that I've noticed that's generally the same with all the Native tribes that I've worked with is the the community support and the the familial 
level that is within the community where your community really is an extension of your family and your culture. And uh, that's not exactly what you find uh, everywhere. So we definitely see that as a strength and we uh, work towards continuing and keeping that cultural aspect of togetherness while at the same time uh, defining what self-determination and what a Native youth can do um, really based upon what they want to do. You know, for example, I can say, you know, as we work with competitive employment, um, you'll always hear that, um, you know, if you want a really good job, you have to leave the reservation and you have to go work in the city. And, and, you know, we like to work with the youth and see, you know, like that, that isn't necessarily true. You know, let's look at some other options. What are your interests? What are things that you can do? And, and those are really, you know, some of the conversations we're having out there. Those are fabulous conversations to be had. I will tell you, you know, when you're young, you don't realize all the opportunities and you sometimes you listen to the wrong the wrong advice or the wrong people, you have the wrong idea because it's driven by the wrong philosophy. And so I think what you're doing is fabulous. You're bringing the resources together and you're also giving them the opportunity to to dream and to step forward and to ask questions and to lean in. And I think that's fabulous. You know, I, I can say thank you, but I, I you know, I do want to say that I, I'm definitely not doing it alone. And when I say that Finds Their Way is, uh, you know, a, a program that focuses on um, youth helping youth uh, as they transition, it really, it really is that, you know, I, I see myself, uh, I, I try to be a facilitator and I, like working with the youth that are on staff that really have a great idea of what youth wants because, you know, I'm no longer a youth. So uh, I, I like being able to facilitate and um, see what I can do to have things happen. But I would say very much uh, the intent of Finds Their Way is for the youth to be the leaders in uh, the progress of the program. So, and, you know, so far it's been, it's been really great. So I do want to, I do want to touch on one thing and I think you kind of alluded to it and we've talked about it in previous episodes, talking about the intersectionality of the native and disability communities. And so I know you're seeing that in the work that you're doing. You did mention um, some examples. And so I'm just curious if you had any other thoughts on that intersectionality. You know, I, I've heard a lot of discussion about it, um, you know, and uh, uh, most of what I hear is um, it, it's kind of uh, the intersectionality compounds the, the disparities. Um, and, you know, I would say that that, that is true. Uh, as, as I mentioned, you hear a lot about disparities that are happening within Native communities and with individuals with disabilities. But... Um, Again, you know, I, I just really can't stress uh, the, the resiliency of the the native tribes that uh, that I work with, as far as maximizing the resources they have 
to accomplish a goal. Working with the youth within the community, and, and, and uh, I have to owe uh, a lot of thanks to uh, Jim Warren, and I believe that you guys have interviewed with him, um, but he he started with um, some other members in South Dakota, the Oyate Circle, and what we are really the basis of what we're trying to do here within the Sonoran Center is uh, very similar to Oyate Circle, but it is that, um, you know, understanding that the Native communities have a uh, different outlook, a communal outlook, but that doesn't necessarily mean that youth can't uh, be self-advocates and and um, work towards that. And when we talk with the intersectionality between, uh, you know, the Native community and disability population, a lot of times you, you, you hear people say that it's kind of compounded when the two mix together. And, and, you know, you hear about those disparities, but, um, you know, I can't say enough about the, uh, the great things that are happening out within the tribes that, um, are addressing those issues. You know, it's not necessarily, uh, let's hear disparity and, you know, it is what it is, but uh, the tribal communities that I, I work with very much are working um, to fix those uh, disparities and those issues uh, to the best of their ability. And, and I think that so far, you know, there's, there's a long ways to go and we might always kind of see uh, those disparities, but they they are working on them, and there are great things happening. Definitely agree. Um, yeah, definitely agree. You know, we talk a lot about the resiliency and in you know the heart and how we just continue to thrive and grow and and persist. Right, we persist despite all things, and so I see that very much in all of the things that you've just shared with us. Is that that spirit that we are seeing in our youth? It's this fire that they're, they're going to persist no matter what. Yeah, I very much agree with that. And, and it goes along with, with what I am seeing within the different communities. So it, it really is great to be out there, uh, especially, um, you know, as I've mentioned, uh, you, you hear a lot of um, you know, statistics and things like that, um, when you go out there and you see that there are amazing projects that are going on. So yeah, it's, it, it really is, uh, it really is a, a wonderful time that I get to have with my, you know, program and staff and going out and working with the tribal communities. You know, that, that is definitely a thing that we, we have heard repeatedly, you know, there's all these wonderful projects and programs and there's all this effort and and wonder going on all over the place and you know that's one of the beauties of this podcast is we are trying to find those stories and those projects and those people and bring them forward so that they can share what's going on how they did it and hopefully help spark something with others or offer that resource so that we can collectively come together and be stronger and I think that's, again, the power of the podcast and the power of the resource collection that we've been trying to to get underway, you know, no longer kind of keeping siloed or behind walls, or you have to know this person to know that person. And I'll tell you, since we've launched this, the amount of people who've contacted us that tell us the work that they're doing or their story 
has been monumental. You know, there's so much going on across all Indian country. And this is no different listening to the things that you all are doing at the Sonoran Center. And it's just fabulous. Yeah. And, you know, kind of like I mentioned before with the the collaborative, you know, uh, I wouldn't say necessarily that there is uh, a lack of projects that are going on. It really is just, um, you know, those great things may not be known to everybody. So I think, you know, that's something that we share with uh, Finds Their Way and with this podcast is is really highlighting the, the great things that are happening within the uh, tribal communities and on the tribal reservations. Yeah, thank you for sharing. Like, what would you want to tell a youth that was listening on the biggest lessons you've learned? With the Finds Their Way program, um, it really is highlighting those communities for youth transition. And time and time again, we hear from Native youth with disabilities that employment and getting a job is their main priority. And um, you hear about disparities such as, you know, some of the ruler and tribal serving public schools have more challenges than the, um, you know, inner city school, things like that. Um, but really it, the, the whole program is based upon creating that community collaborative, uh, and the model that we're using is is the tribal model. Um, you know, as I said, we see the, uh, that familial, approach to a community where uh, everyone is invested in the success of the youth within that community. So um, it's a model that we saw, a best practice that we saw within the tribal communities, and it's something that we're incorporating with all of the partners, you know, of course with the tribal nations, but also with the state organizations and uh, nonprofits and the sources of resource uh, sources of resources that uh, we can help bring those into the tribal reservations and and uh, help them continue these great projects that they're doing uh, that are specific to their local level uh, and their community and um, you know the the other part of that really is that focus on um, providing that peer mentorship for the youth. Um, so, you know, our peer mentors, um, really build towards and, um, have workshops based around self-advocacy. Um, you know, we also do community events, um, and are able to get in touch with the youth and really help them build their own individual employment plan and what, what does success look like to them and really help them overcome those barriers. So, um, you know, if I, for the Native youth that are listening now, uh, Native youth with disabilities, I will say that, um, you know, you may hear about the disparities that we've talked about and some of the, the difficulties it may be, but 
uh, not to, that doesn't necessarily mean that uh, one should give up uh, and stop dreaming. So I, I really think, you know, if the Native youth out there, if there's somebody that wants to specifically kind of see about the resources that are happening in Arizona, then, you know, contact us here at the Sonoran Center. But, um, you know, really start looking at thinking of what you want for your future and what needs to be done for that to happen and and have those conversation with your elders you know um, it, I think it's very important for native youth to be respectful of their elders um, but they can also you know have that self-advocacy and and practice their own self-determination as well what a novel thing right what an amazing thing for the Sonoran um, Center to really have a native center for disabilities but also create such a program where our tribal youth especially those um, with disabilities have a platform and have those um, supports and and those mentors and those opportunities to really shine and dream and hope and realize their full potential and just serve you know serve the communities be a part of the circle what a phenomenal thing a few weeks back was the um, annual uh, American Indian Disability Summit here in Arizona, uh, in Phoenix. Uh, and about three years ago, uh, you know, we started having um, a American Indian Youth Disability Summit that it, you know is led by those the the peer mentors that I discussed. So um, I will say one thing that I I really uh, advocate for here within my position is to act as that facilitator, but put the, you know, the reins and the control in the youth and, and um, allow them to build programs that are going to interest other youth. And I think that that's very important, especially, you know, um, as I venture out of that youth group that the, the leaders, the youth right now can and are leaders now, and um, they, they can continue on. So I, I definitely think that it's uh, really helped a lot of Native youth uh, with disabilities realize uh, their potential and and to move towards their dreams. So it, it's been really great. Thank you, Joshua, for joining us. We really appreciated you sharing your story and all of the wonderful insights. And we look forward to following your program and, and looking at some of the work that you're doing. So thank you. Yes, thank you so much. Thank you so much. When we create systems built on the foundation of equity, accessibility, dignity, and purpose, we create a legacy of humanity that spans beyond us and our time physically on this earth. That is why we must empower the next generation to take on this role of advocating, building, and innovating. This is why it is incredibly important that we promote and empower the voices of the future. For me, that is why I focus energy on supporting the fantastic advocacy work that my daughter, Isabella Hernandez, does around autism equity and inclusion. She is now 10 years old, but first jumped into this advocate and ally role years ago on behalf of her little brother. I would like to introduce you to Isabella Hernandez. Hi, Isabella. Welcome to Black Feathers Podcast. Hi, Isabella. It's so good to have you. 
I am so happy to be here. So Isabella, I want to I want to ask you a couple questions. Is that okay? Uh-huh. So why did you do all the work that you've done, you know, writing books, being on sibling support networks, um, doing a lot of speaking um, surrounding your brother, his challenges, but also his amazing things that he does, you know, in the space of autism advocacy? I want to promote a world of inclusion for my little brother and others like him. That's fantastic. So, Isabella, if you could say your reason why, why you advocate and what you're hoping to get out of all the things that you're doing to support autism awareness and action and acceptance, what would that be? More love, understanding, joy, hope, and protection. Everyone deserves these fundamental things in life. So, Isabella, can you tell us how we can get a copy of your book? Amazon. So, it's featured on Amazon Kindle. And all the proceeds from that book sale go to donations locally in Oklahoma currently. She donates some of it to the Ark of Oklahoma as well as the Autism Foundation of Oklahoma. And in fact, she was featured on two awards for her um, philanthropic and advocacy work. One was um, really focused on the philanthropic piece, um, having a child who participates in social um, movements and those types of things that are critical to children. And so she was featured on one of those awards. She was also just recently featured on the Ark of Oklahoma Award. Her video has been linked on Black Feathers podcast website. Congratulations on all that, Isabella. I do have uh, maybe one more question, if you don't mind. But I was going to say, you know, you just being 10 years old and already have done all this work, how would you encourage somebody else to uh, step up and speak out? Like, what is something you would say to them or advice that you would give? Just try and talk from your heart. I love that. Thank you. Thank you, Isabella, for joining us today. Thank you, Isabella, for coming and and for talking with us. Um, I was so excited to see the Facebook post about your book that you wrote and how you advocate so much for your brother. So we appreciate you and all the work that you're doing. Thank you. We've seen a lot of traction with our podcast. We've been featured on Native News Online as well as the Cherokee Phoenix. We've also had a recent shout out by the American Psychiatric Association for the work that we're doing in Indian Country, bringing forward stories, wonderful guests, as well as programs and opportunities for our people. So if you're listening and you would like to come on, we would appreciate you going on to the website, blackfeathers.org, filling out a few questions and giving us topic suggestions or just connecting in general. Join us next time. We're going to hear from Cody Tony, a Cherokee Nation citizen, who is a father of an individual with um, autism and we'll listen to his story as well as all of the programs and opportunities that he runs through his nonprofit. We want to thank our listeners and hope that you'll continue to listen, subscribe, share, and provide readings and reviews. Also follow us on Twitter at BlackFeathersPod. You can get resources and information about this podcast at blackfeathers.org. Thank you to Cherokee National Treasure, Tommy Wildcat, for the use of your flute music on this podcast. I want to thank Lucas Frazier and the boys for letting us use their drumming music. 
please subscribe to Black Feathers Podcast. You can find us wherever podcasts are found. We would love to hear from you. Tell us about your journey with disability and guide us on future episodes of Black Feathers by visiting blackfeathers.org and answering a few short questions at the bottom of that page.